if sincerity actually truly existed in a person, one would not have rendered the deed in expectation of compensation in the first place. Subhanallah. That means to say that if I'm looking for a deed, I'm not sincere. If I'm looking for a reward, I'm not sincere. As we said, uh, starting something off or wanting rewards, that's just the starting. He's talking to more advanced people. He's not talking to the basics who don't even pray. For them, you need rewards, man. You're going to get reward. You're going to go to paradise. You're going to go to hell. That's how you start off. Once you're on there, then after that, it's about expanding and enhancing. So that's what he's talking about. For such a person, it will just suffice that he is just not punished by Allah for giving him such a polluted act. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd. Qala Allah ta'ala, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِّمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ وقال تعالى وَرَبُّكَ يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاءُ وَيَخْتَارُ وقال تعالى وَاللَّهُ خَلَقَكُمْ وَمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Alhamdulillah to continue with our series on Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari's Kitab al-Hikam, the Book of Wisdom We reach page 104 We will be looking at two of his aphorisms today they are a continuation of the last session, uh, but they add another level on it. So the last one was the discussion that whoever uh, worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something that he hopes uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, or in order to stave off the arrival of a punishment, has not concerned himself with the real nature of Allah's attributes and is a shortcoming in that regard. Now he adds on to that theme, uh, and really, really makes it very, very clear. So this is what he says in uh, number 121, which is on page 104. Amazing. The last time he was saying it was more of a guidance. Now it's more of a challenge. Are you still going to be just focused on asking Allah for the reward of the deeds that you do? The bit of relief work, the extra sadaqah you gave, the assistance that you provided, the extra nawafil you performed. You got up for tahajjud and now you feel so great about it. You should feel great, but in thanks to Allah rather than this feeling that I'm better than somebody else, I'm going to have more reward. Allah has to give me reward. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenges the person and says, when you seek a re recompense for a deed, when you seek your reward for a deed, then the existence of sincerity in it is going to be demanded of you in return. You want to ask for reward? Fine. Let's see how much sincerity you had in your deed. Let's see how good your deed was. As for the insincere, the feeling of security from chastisement suffices him. In simple words, the one who is insincere, for him to just be free and safe from being punished for not doing it right should be enough for him as a reward. It's a totally different way. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's saying that if you're going to be going around looking for, and of course there's nothing wrong with looking for a deed, looking for reward or hoping for reward at least, right? But he's trying to get us to a higher level. 
and he's also trying to humble us that when your deeds are done it's done by Allah for you and that's going to be the next one he's going to explain that so what he's essentially saying here is that if you're going to go and your focus is just the reward for the deed that you do the offering that you uh, you give then you're going to be asked okay let's see how much sincerity you got in there have you given us a full deed that is befitting us that is befitting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worthy of Allah and then the insincere one the, one, the one who didn't have any sincerity in it, for him just to feel that he's going to be secure from being punished, that's good enough. Right. So let's look at that in a bit more detail. So whenever any good action we do, and then you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you a reward for it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just has absolute right to ask you that how much truthfulness did you have in that and sincerity and focus did you have in that? Which means that did you have, did you attain the secret of ikhlas? Did you have full ikhlas where you're not focused anywhere else? What does that mean? That means when you did it, you realized that Allah allowed you to do it. You did it for nobody else. You didn't care about anyone else. You were focused essentially on Allah and you're just like, Allah's allowing me to do this. You did not think that you had any ability to do this, except that Allah allowed you to do it. Did you focus on all of that in the salat that you just performed? Oh Allah, I'm only praying this salat because you allowed me to do it. Otherwise, I would never be la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There's no power to do good deeds or no shield of doing from bad deeds except with Allah. Another thing, he said, وَالسَّلَامَةُ مِنَ الْوَسْوَاسِ وَالْخَوَاطِرِ وَالْهَوَاجِسِ did in your salah did you were you totally free were you totally free of any whispers notions outside thoughts fleeting ideas totally free, totally focused so that your salat was purely for Allah and by Allah and for nothing else and had no adulteration inside and you were totally oblivious of everything besides Allah and you were just so focused on Allah that there was nothing else that could disturb you like the Sahaba had. Was your heart filled then he said with the greatness and majesty of Allah while you were praying? Was your heart filled with that? He's telling us how a salat should be essentially. So was your heart filled with the majesty of Allah? So you were totally lost in Allah for the sake of Allah? Okay, so if all of these matters and all of these affairs were correct and you had achieved all of this, then okay, fine, you can ask for your reward. Go ahead and ask for your reward. But if you can't be certain that you had all of these states in your heart, then know that your action was madkhul, your action was interrupted. Your, ad, your action was adulterated, was polluted, was corrupted. So now, you should be embarrassed to ask Allah to give you a reward for a deed that is not perfect. It's a half-baked deed that you gave to Allah. It's not trying to distract you from praying prayer. It's just trying to say you need to really pray for the right reason. So don't get this wrong. Why should you offer something 100% for Allah? Because He is 100% in every sense. فَهُوَ أَتَمُّ وَأَكْمَلُ 
Allah is absolutely full, complete in every sense. So why should He accept something incomplete from us? And Allah knows best. Number two. So that, that's essentially what he says here, right? So now let me read to you what Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi explains this aphorism as we'll move into the next aphorism because it just follows on from here. If the intention underlying worship and your other virtuous deeds is solely, solely the acquisition of reward and compensation from Allah, then Allah will show him that only a deed accomplished with full sincerity is worthy of reward. If sincerity actually truly existed in a person, one would not have rendered the deed in expectation of compensation in the first place. Subhanallah. That means to say that if I'm looking for a deed, I'm not sincere. If I'm looking for a reward, I'm not sincere. As we said, uh, starting something off or wanting rewards, that's just the starting He's talking to more advanced people. He's not talking to the basics who don't even pray. For them, you need rewards, man. You're going to get reward. You're going to go to paradise. You're going to go to hell. That's how you start off. Once you're on there, then after that, it's about expanding and enhancing. So that's what he's talking about. For such a person, it will just suffice that he is just not punished by Allah for giving him such a polluted act. May Allah allow us to rise to this status and make our actions like that. So now, the next aphorism, next wisdom... Uh, hikmah is number 122 for those who are following. He says, لا تطلب عوضا أن عمل لست له فاعلا يكفي من الجزاء لك على العمل أن كان له قابلا. Right? For those who understand Arabic, they'll understand the beauty of those words. Do not seek recompense or reward for a deed whose doer was actually not even you. Don't look for a reward for a deed that you didn't do. What do you mean I didn't do? Of course I did it. I stood up, I prayed, I gave the sadaqah. It suffices you as a recompense for your deed that he just accepts it. It's just subhanallah, just blows you out of the water, like blows you out of this, uh, this in state that I'm something, that I'm deserving of something. We only become deserving when we realize that we're just doing it for the sake of Allah. Then that's it. Then he'll shower you. He wants us to be totally selfless. So this is what he says now. So continuing from the previous theme, the question this is answering is, how can you ask for a recompense for a deed that you actually didn't do yourself? And number two, how are you going to even find out whether it is accepted or not? Meaning, how do you know that it was an accepted deed that you did? So that's why he says this aphorism. This ties into a big discussion, which, we don't have, we, which we're not going to go into today. But if you haven't heard it already, we have, a dis, we have the discussion about what exactly is predestination, decree, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala planning everything and knowing everything in advance of actually creating Adam salam, for example. Of, for example, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew from pre-eternity that this gathering today was going to take place. And our brother, what's your name? Brother Aziz was going to be there. I didn't know Aziz was going to be here. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew from pre-eternity Aziz and Ismail and, and Sayfullah is going to be here. And our other brothers from Bukhara and Samarkand and, um, and Australia and other places. I didn't know that. Well, I knew about some of you. 
But Allah knew all of this from pre-eternity before we were born, before our dad was born, before our grandparents were born. Now how exactly that works out, this is not the time. However, just to give you a conclusion, every human being definitely has free will because we feel and experience free will. Nobody was forced to come here today. You might have been strongly encouraged by your friend or your father, but you were not forced, like you just couldn't help it, right? You came with your own choice and we do everything with our own choice. However, ultimately, Allah is the one who facilitates everything. But He gives us that kind of understanding of independence and uh, volition and ability so that we understand that you know, we're going to be answerable for whatever we do, good or bad. But ultimately, Allah is behind everything. But our focus is not on that. Our focus is on the fact that I'm responsible for the deeds I do. Right? But ultimately, nothing happens in this world without Allah. It's just very difficult to reconcile those two things. But all we need to understand is for myself and my deeds and my akhirah, I'm responsible because I have free will that I feel. But ultimately, Allah is behind everything anyway. Right? So that's what he says. He says, according to our Ahlul Haq, according to our Muslim scholars, it's very, very clear that a human being, that every human being, every human being, is what they say in Arabic, majburun fi qalibi muhtarin. We are in, we are really uh, compelled. From the perspective of Allah, we are compelled. However, our form and the way we do things is as if we have ability and volition and choice. Doesn't everybody feel that they have choice in this world, right? But ultimately, in the sight of Allah, we are whatever He wants us to be, right? So there is no action. No choice, except that the one who actually allows it and facilitates it and knows about it and everything is Al-Wahidul Qahar, is the one mighty one. How do you prove that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Qasas, verse 68, Your Lord is the one who creates what He wishes and chooses. Then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah Al-Safat 96, Allah created you, and your deeds. Allah created you and your deeds. Number three, Surah Al-Takweer, 29, verse. You can't choose or will except that Allah has willed it, that Allah wills it, the Lord of the worlds. However, we never know what Allah wills. We just try to do our will. If Allah has willed it, it works, whether it's good or bad. And if Allah has not willed it, it doesn't work. It's as simple as that. I try my best to start to do something. The car doesn't start. The battery just messed up last night. It was fine till yesterday. But I do my, my part. But Allah doesn't want me to go today. Khalas, not going to work. For example, a simple example. But at the end of the day, we can't blame Allah for messing the car up. Because eventually when you figure out, you find out oh, the battery was quite messed up. Or maybe it was new as faulty. <laughs> I mean, there's always an excuse in this world, right? Um, for uh, anybody who hasn't heard the lecture on free will and how it relates to us and so in detail, it's a one hour, 15 minute lecture that everybody should listen to. It's on Zamzam Academy. I think we need to rename it the mysteries of the divine decree or something. like. Because right now it's called... Don't be depressed, you don't know your future. 
Don't be depressed, you don't know your future. It's actually one of the more popular videos after the Hajj tutorial videos, I think, right? Because uh, it's a very important subject. So go ahead and listen to that. Right. Move on. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, a very famous hadith, Everybody is going to be facilitated towards the path that they've been created for based on what Allah knows of what we're going to do. Right? Um, فَأَمَّا مَنْ كَانَ مِنْ أَهْلِ السَّعَادَةِ So those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it are going to be people of good fortune. Then فَيُيَسَّرُ لِعَامَلِ أَهْلِ السَّعَادَةِ Then for them, good deeds come easy. وَأَمَّا مَنْ كَانَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الشَّقَاوَةِ But those who are going to be from among the wretched, then for them, the bad deeds come easy. And that might happen for a short amount of time, so don't think you're Ahlul Shaqawa if you, because you can try to change. And you just have to make an effort to change and then Allah will make it easy, inshaAllah. And then Allah, the Prophet read, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى That uh, Allah, t- essentially in the Quran, Allah is telling us how to get better. فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى The one who gives. وَاتَّقَى And has taqwa, God fear, right? Fear, fear of Allah. وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى Right, he is true to the goodness that uh, they do, sincerity and everything. We're going to make that path easy for them. And the one who denies, who turns away, then that's going to be a bad way. We don't do that, inshallah. We want to be proud of the first group. So then the idea is that once that becomes clearly established, then how can a person ask Allah for a reward when it's Allah who's letting me do it? It's like you go to somebody who let you use his car, right? Uh, to get to do something that you wanted to do. He let you use his car, gave you petrol, facilitate, call the person for you, everything. And then you went and did it, and then you come and said, can you pay me for this? Like, I don't want to facilitate, I gave you a car, organized it, I gave you a booking, everything. Now you want, you want a reward, like, what's your problem? Like, you know. So, how can a servant ask for a reward on a deed that he is not the real doer of? The real doer of. Okay, the deed is attributed to me at least. Uh, okay, I might be facilitated by Allah, but at the end of the day, I'm the one who pushed for it. And like a scene, everybody's going to say, I did it, right? Okay, even if that's the case. Reward has to be done based on acceptance. Was your deed an accepted one? Even if you did it, okay, fine. How do you know it's an accepted deed? That it has all of the ingredients of acceptance. How are you going to find out and figure out and determine whether you say, is there a website you can go to tack it in? Here, this was my prayer. The camera was on me, check it out. And, you know, I had ECG, you know, on my head and my heart, right? (laughs) Subhanallah. Right, you know, and uh, it measured everything about me. You can tell whether it's a sincerity or not, whether it's, well, even that you can't tell if it's accepted or not. That just might show you might, was focused, but it's not going to show you that you're accepted by Allah because he might want, you know, he wants it perfect. There is a, there is a, a twist here, right? Wait for it. And okay, even if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been graceful by accepting it, despite all of your shortcomings in it, and all of your whisperings and distractions. That would be sufficient then for you. That would be then sufficient as a reward for you anyway. That he's just accepted. Okay, fine. We'll take it off. You did it. That's enough. Why do you want a reward on top of that? فَلَوْ لَا جَمِيلُ لَمْ يَكُنْ عَمَلَكْ 
Just remember that he's saying. Had it not been for his beautiful veil, his amazing, elegant veil, where he veils us from all the weird things that go on in our mind and other things, your action would never be worthy of acceptance. It's so deficient. Had it not been for the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mostly deals with his servants and graces them and is benevolent to them with his forgiveness and clemency and pardoning and overlooking, he'd never accept a deed because whose deed is perfect? Because to get a, such a perfect deed that's worthy of Allah is well nigh impossible. They shouldn't put you off. The only point he's making is that for Allah, the way it should be, because he's so perfect, to get a deed that's so perfect to give to him is like near impossible. Right? He doesn't call it impossible. He says near impossible because it's very difficult. Probably only prophets can do it because they know Allah. And they're so focused. They have full knowledge of Allah as much as anybody could have uh, the maximum. Only they can produce something. We just don't. We have so many distractions. Allah says, They did not give the value to Allah as much as this is right. They've not valued Allah as much. They don't understand the position of Allah as much as this is right. We can't. It's just... We need to do a lot more to get that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah Abasa wa Tawalla, Kalla lamma yaqdima amara. Never, nay, they have not been able to fulfill what they have been commanded. Meaning, we might do the praying and we, we fulfill our commands of praying and we've just fasted for 30 days and, or 29 days or whatever it was, right? But was it up to scratch? We're commanded to do it. They've only been commanded to give it to him fully with sincerity. Have you been able to do that? Yeah, you've been able to do a form of it, but never 100%. Then Allah in Surah Al-Ahqaf says, But Allah is so gracious. He says, these are the people though, who we will accept the best of what they do. We know you're weak, we know you're deficient, you do your best and we'll forgive, we'll overlook, we'll pardon and we'll accept. The best of you do. As long as it fits a certain criteria, we'll accept it. Without that, we'd be, we'd be destroyed. That's why Allah's rahmah always dominates his ghadab. If he wants to deal with us in fairly, like do it right, you get it. If you don't do it right, you don't get it, forget it. We'd be lost. But he allows so much. Now, what's interesting here in this verse, for Arabic, we will accept on their behalf. Allah didn't say minhum, which means we're going to accept from you. Rather, He said we're going to accept on, on, you know, on your behalf, the best of what you do. What that means is, if we're going to accept from you, then it must be perfect. But because we're going to allow so much and we're going to ignore so much, we're like, I'll allow this to be from you, even though it's not perfect. We're going to allow this as though it came from you. Right? 
meaning we're going to forgive a lot to get, to get it to be accepted. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't overlook many of the deficiencies, we wouldn't have accepted it. So that's what, he, that's what he's saying. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then accept it? لِعَظِيمِ كَرَمِهِ وَغِنَى Reason Allah accepts it because number one, He doesn't need your perfect deed. He's not going to enrich Him in any way. He just wants you to do it. So okay, that's the best you can do. You've put your full effort. I'm going to accept it even though it's deficient because I don't really need it anyway. And number two, because I'm benevolent. I'm kind. I'm generous. That's why I'm going to do it. فَالْحَمْدُ دَائِمًا That's why all praise has to always be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That خَلَقَ فِيهِ الْعَمَلِ Allah allowed you and created the, uh, created the ability in you and then allowed you to do the action. وَأَعْطَانَا عَلَيْهِ غَايَةَ الْمُنَى وَالْأَمَلِ and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, gave us uh, on top of that. So essentially what's going on here is that the best thing to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, not to ask Him for a reward of your deed, but to ask Him from His grace. You'll get much more out of your grace because you've got more to look forward to and to get something from His grace to pull from that rather than say, this is my deed, give me something. Because our deed is usually def nearly always deficient. But we're better off and we got more chance of getting something like, oh Allah, I've done whatever I could. Just give me from your grace. Just give me because you're kind. Just give me because you're my Lord. And only you can give me. Ask him in those ways. And then you're better off getting things from that. So having read all of this, I think this makes it very, very, very clear. Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi in his commentary of this says, It should be understood that Allah is the true doer of all actions, the true facilitator and everything. Therefore, in worship, the servant's gaze should be on Allah Most High. He should understand that Allah Most High has created the act of worship in him and that it is his favor. Since the servant is not the creator of his own good deeds, it is highly improper for him to desire compensation as though it is his right. Therefore, if he is only in pursuit of reward, then sincerity is going to be negated. In fact, the servant deserves to be apprehended on account of this deficiency. Don't go around telling this to people who don't pray already. Because this is, once you get on track, you will understand Allah, you start loving Allah, then you increase this. Otherwise, they're going to think, man, that's just too difficult. Wallahu alam. Wallahu alam. You know, sometimes people are in tune with these things. They understand these things. Because if you understand the logic behind it, the reality behind it, it makes perfect sense. Right? In the five, six different aphorisms where he's explaining, it makes perfect sense. That don't ask for reward. Number one, Allah choosing you to do it is a good enough reward. Allah giving you the ability to do it is a good enough reward. And if you do ask for a reward, then why are you asking reward for? For something deficient? Were you perfect in it? Did you tick all of the boxes? Was it befitting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I mean, it's just good enough that you don't get punished for this kind of offering that you gave. Like what kind of punishment? I mean, in the, in the world when uh, there's cruel people, if you, if you have to you know, suck up to them someone, you have to give them something, they'll, they'll probably knock you out if it's not worthy of their... Allah is not cruel like that. That's the thing. So you're better off just asking, just doing it because I'm a slave of Allah. He deserves it anyway. I'm a slave of Allah. I need to do it. Then after that, he's going to look after me anyway. I don't have to worry about that. He's going to look after me anyway. Those of you who didn't listen to the last one, you should listen to the last two or three because that really adds to this. 
right? And hopefully I've been able to uh, put it all together today. And uh, inshallah. So the, the, uh, it, it, continue, the, it continues on to another theme. Inshallah, we'll, we'll do that next time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us from his karam and from his uh, generosity and from his grace and fadl and uh, his benevolence because that's all. And that's why uh, the Prophet made it very, very clear when he said that you're not going to go into paradise with your deeds. Yes, your deeds, you, usually, usually you need deeds to get to paradise. But you're not going to go to paradise because of your deeds. You're going to go because of the karam of Allah. You're going to go because of the grace of Allah. That's why there's people who've gone into paradise, literally this Sahabi, uh, this uh, non-Muslim uh, at the time of the Prophet became Muslim. And uh, there was a battle going. He just joined the battle, become shaheed, and never prayed, never fasted, never did any other good deed except that. And he's gone to Jannah. Grace of Allah. May Allah make it easy for us. May Allah make it easy for us. And may Allah accept from us. Whatever we do, may Allah protect us. Allahumma inta salamu wa minka salam. Tabarakti ala al-jalali wa al-ikram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum. Birahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hannan ya mannan. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimin. Jazallahu anna muhammadan mahu ahlu. Ya ma'adhin al-judi wal-karam. Ya akram al-akramin. Wa ya khayr al-mas'ulin. Wa ya khayr al-mu'teen. ويا غفار ويا فتاح يا ستار يا عظيم يا سلام يا حفيظ يا سلام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام الله have mercy on us oh Allah accept us oh Allah bring us close oh Allah teach us oh Allah educate us oh Allah grant us understanding oh Allah grant us zeal grant us desire to do the right thing Make your love obedient, make your obedience beloved to us, make your disobedience hated to us. Oh Allah protect us. Oh Allah protect us from all of the afat, all of the calamities, all of the tests and trials of this world. Oh Allah, we ask you for protection from all the forms of evil which are out there. Oh Allah, allow us to make the right choices, protect us from bad choices. Oh Allah, protect us from all the evil which is out there. Protect our brothers and sisters around the world and remove them from their problems in the various different parts of the world that they're suffering, whether from natural calamities and natural causes or from other challenges. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask you, protect them from their subjugation. Oh Allah, we ask you to forgive us all of our misdeeds and our wrongdoings, those that we've done purposely. Oh Allah, those we've done accidentally, those that we remember and especially those that we have forgotten. Oh Allah, we ask you to forgive us those things that bring difficulties in our life. Protect us those sins that have turned people against one another, that have taken away the contentment from our lives. Oh Allah, that have stressed our lives out. And oh Allah, those that have now become part of our life and we don't consider it a sin anymore. Oh Allah, turn us back to you. Allow our actions to be worthy of you. Oh Allah, allow our actions to be worthy of you. We are so grateful to you, all praises to you, all thanks is to you that you even allow us to sit here today in the masjid. Otherwise, we would not be here. Okay, we could have been doing so many other things, but Allah, you chose to allow us to be here. And we are immensely grateful of this. Oh Allah, let this be a sign of good things. Let us be, this be a sign that our du'as are accepted. Oh Allah, let us be a sign that you have accepted us for your closeness and you're happy with us. Oh Allah, make us the way you want us to be. 
the rest of the time we have in this world, O oh Allah, allow us to use it fruitfully and beneficially. O oh Allah, and protect us from one of the biggest calamities of this time, which is the wasting of time and the distractions that are so much there in abundance and that are there to grip us wherever we look, wherever we go, whatever we do. O oh Allah, protect us. O oh Allah, accept us. Accept us for some kind of service of your deen. Oh Allah, accept us for some kind of service of your deen. Make us useful and productive people in this world. Oh Allah, grant us beneficial knowledge, accepted action. And oh Allah, uh, protect us and our families and our children and our progenies from all of the challenges which are out there. And keep, keep Islam, Iman, the Quran, Tawheed and the love of your, 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 your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi in our generations until the day of judgment. Allow us to be constantly remembering you, our hearts to be in constant remembrance of you. Oh Allah, oh Allah, allow us to focus and not be a distracted nation. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Grant us his company in the hereafter. سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam at least at their basic level so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.